Good evening, friend. Welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Hey, you know, you haven't done, like, a funny voice, or this was as close to your, like, late night evening radio yeah i got like as soon as i started talking i realized i was doing a little bit of a npr uh but maybe npr on parks and rec kind of (laughs) although that that guy is very i'm thought for your thoughts welcome to the program it's like an exaggeration of npr uh talk show hosts or whatever they're called we have to ask one of your old alter alter egos to come back and do the intros (laughs) hey how was your weekend Pretty good, pretty good. It uh, we got a little bit of rain up here. My my our air conditioning is out, which is awesome. I've been sweating nonstop. Well, I mean, not sweating, but been like humid, clammy, muggy. I'm also in the basement, so while it's it's generally cooler <laughs> than the rest of the house, it's like sixty five percent humidity. Got dehumidifiers running all the time. That sucks. But over the weekend, <laughs> I made it over to the house. Um, I finished painting all the trim for the second floor. I got the lawn mowed. Uh, the city came, or the state, whoever was doing it, came by and uh, finished patching up my sidewalk uh, where they expanded the road. They tore out the, the sidewalks and the walks, you know, from my front door to the to the mm-hmm. sidewalk. They got that fixed up, finished. So that's all. I was going to say, all, all, the, uh, all your female uh, viewer fans, listener fans out there, I just heard you describe yourself as sweaty and clammy. that's a a weather a weather anecdote because we're in the midwest the weather is always a topic of conversation and other than that i've done nothing but play diablo 3 for the last week yeah week wow week well not week like four days not even four days yeah it's been crazy since what friday friday night yeah it's been a thing um i hopped on that diablo train saturday maybe saturday I forget. It's all a blur, right? We talked about this game because I bought it again when I bought my Switch over Memorial Weekend, and I played through the season uh, stuff on Switch, and then um, our friends started playing. You, I think you, no, you you played. No, it was Aaron first. You played a little while ago, and then Pete, I think, um, got on and bought expansions and stuff and he was like oh man corpse explosion is awesome this was totally worth 20 bucks uh and aaron i think has been playing more consistently than the rest of us over the over the years um and so he got on like during the day when the rest of us were working and you know every time there's a new season he seems to be the one that knows when it is and that it's starting i think he always mentions it in a group like hey guys season's starting and nobody says right that. right we started we started i think he and i and pete all kind of about the same level like they were in the early teens or no pete and zon were playing and so i got on like i had a fresh um season character on pc and then i had like a level 22 so i was a little bit ahead of them the first couple times i played i was the highest level in the group so i was sort of dragging us along trying to not get too spread out or whatever and then um saturday while i was mowing my lawn and working at the house um not it it sounds like i was very productive i was there for like three hours (laughs) um you know he got to like paragon level 110 or something and so or maybe that was sunday like same sort of thing happened both days where like aaron 
was way ahead of any of us. Yeah, but by, by um, Sunday he was two twenty four. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but he got his set. I mean, that, that's the thing is that he got his yeah. set. So, so for our listeners who know a little bit about Diablo, just quickly, a season that they have this thing called a seasons in um, in Diablo, where you uh, have to you start you tag a character as when you create a new character, you can call them season character. They can only be played with other characters that are tagged as seasonal characters. Yeah, season heroes are completely isolated from they, your main. They cannot be. You can't give account. loot or items back and forth between your other characters in it. It's just completely isolated. And um, it starts out at level one, so you kind of have to start all over the game. Now, the, the right. why would you ask to do this when it is, you ask, is because um, there is uh, special quests and um, loot that you get just for uh, playing with these seasonal characters. And there's the quests line, I guess they call it, it's called a journey, uh, gives you really big rewards to doing it that's unique to the to being seasonal stuff so you can't yeah it's it it's basically in nine chapters but if you do the first four chapters which are the main the sort of easy part there's none of it that's hard it's all the stuff that you would do if you were playing especially if you're playing solo um as you just go through do the normal things in the game you don't have to play through the story you can do it all in adventure mode um if you do those first four chapters you get a set of class armor for your class that makes one or two of your abilities just super overpowered. Yeah. Un- ungodly powerful. And that, and I hit that on Sunday. And so Aaron was, our friend was hit, hit that before anybody and he right. got it and was just wrecking face far beyond <laughs> what anyone else could do. And because of that, he could power level. So like we got online and yeah. he would take us through the hardest zones and we would just soak up so much experience points that we were like leveling through in a heartbeat. In an hour, we had hit max level. In two hours, we were like level 30 into the to the Paragon levels. Uh, so, it, and he wasn't being touched. We couldn't even come near without being breathed on by a bad guy mm-hmm. without dying. We're just, just dying him. a lot, which, which yeah, is still so, fun. We don't, you know... Um, there wasn't, hanging even, out, basically, sort of. there wasn't even really this much of this when I lived in town, but especially now that I am out of town, like I don't see people, we don't get on and game like I 90% of my video game playing is solo. Um, we'll talk about games and we'll sometimes play the same phone game, but this is the thing my brother does almost every night, like he, because he, he and his friends are in their early twenties. Um, they don't have as much going on. Um, it was kind of the stage of life when I was raiding in WoW. Sure, right? sure. It's just getting on and hanging out. Like, you chat, you talk yeah. about stuff, and you play a video game. Like, it's the right. big draw of social it's a good time of games. Life. It's what makes yeah. MMOs popular. Right. Well, the the so we were just, it's basically just us hanging out and talking and chatting and doing stuff while yeah. we were playing this game. So it, it was good. It was fun. And then I hit that on Sunday, and that's when all of a sudden it dawned on me that oh my gosh, this thing that we get, because I was just kind of doing, doing completionist type thing and feeling mm-hmm. doing the, so I didn't realize, I knew that you got the chapter st- uh, or the uh, the set, but I didn't realize that was the linchpin. And then when I right. got it, I became God mode. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I told Dennis this thing in the last four times in the last two days. That I, I was going from an attack doing 5,000 points of damage to doing 900 million damage. The same attack. Yeah. And I was like, what so anyway i i will say on that for our good times ish type thing um that topic that I, the seasons i i never really cared for the idea of seasons 
uh, until I actually played this one the way I have with our friends in power leveling, mainly because it was, I didn't, I, the dredge to getting all the way to 70 was always just kind of a pain in the butt for me to think about. Um, hmm. But then, um, and the season didn't sound that fun, but now that I saw that season journal, which I didn't see before, mm-hmm. it gave me a goal. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's perfect. Was what I was lacking it's perfect like, for a game like this that has been out for a while. Forward to get something. Yeah, it's right. a good way. And I always thought that the seasons were more about just, um, uh, you know, oh, you can randomly find items. Like, I can always randomly find items. It's not that big a deal. But no, you, you get them. And then like, the wings is the next thing. Like, the last thing. Yeah, you, you get pets, you get a frame, you get some yeah. some cosmetic rewards that are account-wide. I think the yeah. big thing is that it's it makes it easy for people to come back to the game. Um, every time that I've come back, to Diablo 3 it's been either early in a season or I think the seasons go almost constantly I don't I don't think there's too much of a break between one season and the next but whenever I come back to it I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna do the season and I'm gonna play a new character I don't have to log into one of my old characters and try to figure out what the heck was going on like you have to do in an MMO well these sets honestly though they change the game to a different way that you can't play the game otherwise like so coming back i don't have to answer your thing i don't have an impetus to come back to diablo just and play it hardcore i just sure. don't but but what does is that when i play the game oh this character has a whole different thing that is not the same before like i play the barbarian this set piece is all about earthquake and earthquake is a fine skill but it's got like a 35 second cooldown it does moderate damage but because of this set, it becomes a god mode thing that you can wreck and do all sorts of stuff and has special effects. Yeah, and then and they make I, your jump thing do do it, and you're like, whoa! The and whole another game has changed. Another aspect of that is that I, I almost always try to cl- play a different hero when I come back for a different season, like I did Witch Doctor on Switch, and so I did Wizard on PC, which I still am not convinced about. I feel very fragile. Um, the, apparently the set that is this season has been changed a lot since I actually got this set for like two years ago. But um, every season, it's a different set, a different set of sets. So if you do Barbarian this season and you do Barbarian next season, it'll be a different set. Yeah. Um, and so even if you want to stick with the same class, you're going to get a different um, build focus at endgame. Yeah, you, and, and you said the best thing that could have been said, and you said it a couple times earlier, and I didn't quite get it, was the, that the um, set bonus will dictate your build. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it, that had never been the case before. It's like, well, I want to play a pet class, Necromancer. I'm just not going to pick up the sets and collect the sets that don't give me pet stuff. But this yeah, is well, like, the, there no, are, you, you can't. Yeah, there's other set gear that's more generic, but these class sets are really focused. And I say that because on the Witch Doctor, I leveled with a pet build. And then when I got the full set, it's a haunt debuff build that's so strong, like two hits will kill almost anything, including, you know, high level bosses. And uh-huh. so there was, you know, I couldn't use the no pet build with that, that. like... Um, and yeah, so that's why I said that. So yeah, so the, so the, the seasons are, are neat for that reason. I, I like that it does give you a goal that has a marketed thing, market thing that you one get a cosmetic item, and two that it, it 
gives you a fe- different feel of the stuff. So that's yeah, neat. I mean, that made me feel good about it. Always still playing. It always gives you a goal if you log in and you're not sure what you should do or what you want to do. I mean, it helps that it's a smaller game compared to an MMO. Um, but you might say like, okay, I've run bounties like every day for the past. Uh, th- what should I do? And I'm like, oh, if I kill this boss, then I have one more check mark knocked off on my chapter my five list, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and and I, I will say though, it it's going to have a limit for me personally, just because I've already when I went through looking at the sets that are available this season, mm-hmm. I was like, what class would I want to play? Like this is exciting to think about another class and play it, but then really, I've played all the classes. This is the first one I've, I guess I played a barbarian all the way. Mm-hmm. But I just don't – it feels like they need to have another expansion. And I know they won't, and they aren't, and they wouldn't add another class, but it feels like the game needs – It's hard to think of what class. class that they wouldn't do, but, um, I mean, most people are saying they're going to announce uh, Diablo 4 at BlizzCon. Granted, that's not until November, and it certainly won't be out before 2020. Oh, God, but, no, it'll be uh, like another two, three years for sure. I mean, I think that they're part of the reason they have not, hopefully, that they have not announced it or teased it yet is because they didn't want to get, because that's what happened with three. Like they announced it at BlizzCon and then it was like three years before it was done. Um, right. But anyway, uh, we've Will we get another, been, you think we'll get another Star Trek or Starcraft game around this well, time? The, the, they just sort of leaked and had to admit that they had been working on, um, a Starcraft shooter, which at first, yeah, I'm kind of like, I don't like, I don't really care for shooters either, but like Starcraft is a pretty good IP to do a shooter in, to do a PV, PVE kind of yeah. left for dead style thing, but it's never going to happen. So uh, did, did the they, other did thing they just say that it was not going to happen at all. They said it's, it's canned. It was somebody who would like was quitting or, or got let go or something like tweeted about it. Cause they're not, you know, Blizzard doesn't have leaks, right? They they had and so then uh Jalen Brack or somebody had to um release a public statement, you know, saying what I think most people should know, like they Blizzard is a game, is a company that uh only puts out stuff that they believe is excellent and is ready. Like they still have mis- you know, have s- stuff that doesn't work out that they have to fix later, um but that's you know that's iterative software development um yeah and you know he said he gave some number that like 60 percent of projects that they start end up getting scrapped um so they made just in one of the many it's just one of the many um something he said that that stuck with me and i didn't you know i heard it on a podcast but um making video games is an inherently inefficient process like any creative work and I'm yeah. like, that's a, that's a really good point. Like you think about, you know, you and I both work in, in tech and in software and you think about anytime you have a meeting where people have to convey information and it's inefficient. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're in a meeting trying to come up with a, a script for an episode of a TV show, right? Like you're throwing ideas around. It's all like, it's so much time that right. that takes and everybody in that room is drawn a salary. Right. Um, and so that was, that was an Creative. interesting. Cre- yeah. So yeah. It, it's a uh, Starcraft stuff. Starcraft is the, is weird for me. Cause I, I, 
I don't know how successful their last one was. And to me, it, I was such a huge StarCraft fan. And I don't think I felt as passionate at the last one that came out. And I mm. wish I could have. Um, I don't know why. I, play, it's, I played them both. It probably had to do with their episodic release. Like, you couldn't just buy a whole game. You had to buy the Terran story. And then you waited for another year. And then it was the, you know, when I wanted to come in, I loved the Protoss. And I wanted to play the Protoss story. But then mm. I had to wait two years and then play through this crappy ass Zerg story. And I mean, it's the same thing, right? Like somebody's got to write that story. They got to do all that voice work. They got to do all the cinematics and stuff. It's not like the classic game that was mostly, uh, you know, just some dialogue and maybe some voiceover stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, I played StarCraft two and I played all three races at one time. I just did. But right, I mean the game. I mean the campaigns. Because that's what you're talking about, right? The, the, yeah. But I mean, they're I smaller. Too, and there was all the camp. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that they made, they didn't make them each a full game where they you're just playing Terrans for a year, you know, and then you're just playing Zerg for a year, and then you're just yeah. Playing, it's you know. it's a tricky thing when you're trying to balance, um, you know, a kind of PvP focused game with a single player campaign. Um, most of what Blizzard does is online PvP, or at least online, not necessarily always PvP, but like online play. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of single player stuff. StarCraft is really all there. I mean, you I can play Diablo, WoW solo. Diablo is a perfect example. Like, Diablo is a single player for sure. The story is one of the hugest things. I mean, it's well, multiplayer, but it's it's kind of the same. It's a little bit the same, um, at least like ratio as StarCraft, except PVE instead of PvP. Like most sure. people, uh, well, I don't know most people. A lot of people, people who play it consistently are playing in groups together. Sure, sure. Um, but the, but anyway, the the uh, that was a decision. That was a clear company decision that they made to not put out a single game that had the story in it like they had in all their other games in the past they put broke it into three separate games and with that strategy and for me it was not the strategy that worked because i kind of wanted i was looking forward to playing these characters and i loved the story and i loved sure the stuff. i mean i think you're you're doing that narrative a disservice but i don't want to spend any more time sure. here on this topic um the other thing i did this weekend is i finally saw detective pikachu no oh, goodness gracious really like i didn't think you were going yeah. to see that no i mean i'd kind of kind of and then uh my brother texted me yesterday afternoon and was like you want to go see that movie i'm like what what movie um and so we went we went to the five o'clock show so it was early enough that i could get back home and play diablo 3 for the rest of the night so yeah, you've got to you've got to like drive there, and then your movie going time is an extra what two hours? You drive an hour there, hour back. Uh, it, was, like, it was 30, like it was like forty minutes. Though we went to an AMC theater, and I swear we saw about twenty commercials, like not trailers, mm-hmm. literal commercials for like Coke and Lexus and whatever, and not even you know I expect to see like local ads, like static stuff or you know really cheesy local ads from well maybe that's because i go to a independent theater most of the time but i don't think i've been to a movie where i saw so many normal commercials 
Now, did you? Like, that's weird. Can, as a question on that, did you did you note that these commercials were before the start time of the movie? Or, because I've, I've been to a lot of AMC's. I've had the, their season pass thing, and around the state, and every time I go to a place, I'm like, I'm going to go to the AMC movie because I get the A list language for free. And every one that I've mm-hmm. been to, what you're right, shows commercials, just commercials, like normal commercials before the start time, and then the start time is like thirty solid minutes of trailers. Yeah, I one thing. I was not watching the clock super closely. I know that when we, at the time that we left the house, I thought we were going to be cutting it close, and it wasn't as close as I expected. But I don't think we were in our seats more than five minutes before start time. But well, that's that, possible. Like that I said, one I was of the things about going, you know, I, I love being in the theater, and one of the things about. The theater is that before the mo- the trailer started, it was just a blank screen. And if you would showed up early, like I did for a lot of movies that were like, you know, high value movies, mm-hmm. um, you just sit there. And I'm, I always thought it was a waste of marketing and an opportunity to put something up on that screen and have a, a captive audience. So when they started putting at least semi entertaining type stuff up there to do trivia and stuff. Yeah, then I always thought that was a really great thing, and I'm glad that they did it instead of just a blank screen. But I was always very aware or wary that they're going to put commercials in my trailers and waste even more of my time. It it feels bad to watch commercials after you've paid a ticket price to see a movie. That's all I'm saying. No, no, yeah, I said yeah, and if they're and if they're showing that at seven o'clock when your thing starts at seven, yeah, that would bother me. That would bother me enough where Mm -hmm. I'd start thinking about boycotting that and going to other theaters. Uh, right. But thankfully for my experience, they've not shown actual commercials past the start time. Although Sid and I now have started to be okay with just leaving the house at, at movie start time. We're about 10 minutes away from the theater. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, we get there, buy our popcorn. And I try to trend the other way. Like, I'll tell my fan, whoever's going with me, I'll quote them a time, like, 15 minutes earlier than... Smart. When we could leave and get there, because I'm like, we're not going to leave on time. So Smart. let me yeah. uh, uh, pad the estimate a little bit there. Smart. So what did you think so, of that movie? It was good. Like you're, I, you're a Pokemon fan, kind of, right? I mean, I played Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. and I've played the the Let's Go Pikachu game for about, I don't know, 10 minutes, maybe 20 yeah. I mean, were you a, broken were you up a, over a couple of times? Um, were you a Pokemon fan in general before that? Like, did you watch? No, not not or? not really. No, like I've never. I might have watched the first and second episode of the cartoon. Okay. Um, maybe. I, I guess it's tech. Is it technically anime? It's in English, so I think of it as not anime. But I think it's anime, um. Yeah, it's weird. It's Japanese, so um. They got big, and eyes. I played. I played Fire Red, which is one of the game, like the first one on the Game Boy Advance. But I played it on my phone uh, in an emulator. Okay, and that's that's the only quote unquote real Pokemon game that I've played. And so I very, very little knowledge. Like before Pokemon Go came out, I could probably have only identified Pikachu. Um, you know, it's funny. It's funny. This is from an actual like a card game is where this spawned from. It's not like it came from a cartoon and they made things. This spawns from a trading card game. That's pretty cool. Was the card game first before the video game? I believe so. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Oh, I know Um, it was before the video game for sure. 
but um because it came out yeah a long time ago okay um but the it's funny that it came it spawned from that and then made a tv show that came popular and now it's this worldwide phenomenon with all cultural sorts of phenomenon yeah yeah, yeah. It's crazy i mean you don't see magic I mean, the gathering doing that kind of stuff you know so there are a couple whatever we we've got two movies and also e3 to talk about sure, sure, i don't yeah. want to i don't i want to keep us moving but um my hot takes are basically uh this is this is ready player one for pokemon nerds Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. Right, like yeah. the screen is constantly filled with different Pokemon, and I know a handful of them from Pokemon Go. And so my brother and I were like, yeah. "Okay, there, those are those." He's like, "Those those birds." I'm like, "Those are Pidgeys," <laughs> and late, I'm like, "Those are the do 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 what the two headed bird thing." Right. There's those dogs. I I've seen those, but I don't know what they're called. That's obviously right. an Eevee. Right. Um, just just that kind of thing through the whole movie um the story was pretty straightforward um i i'm i feel validated in my uh statement that because apparently my brother played or maybe watched played the actual game that this is based on which is was on d uh 2d 3ds or i don't know i can't keep track of all those nintendo handhelds but um like nobody else I've not talked to anybody else who even knew that Detective Pikachu as a game existed. Yeah, I did. Um, but he said, you know, Ryan Reynolds is the wrong voice. It should be like an old Japanese guy. Sure. And I said, I said, Ryan Reynolds, it, like if you couldn't get the, the only person who would have been a better pick to do this voice acting than Ryan Reynolds would have been George Takei. <laughs> sure. Right. And if they couldn't get George Takei, Ryan Reynolds is going to bring people in who would not go see a Pokemon movie. Um, see, now now that I listen to Ryan Reynolds all the time, thinking of George Takei being that, well, that sounds weird in my mind now. Sure, yeah. I mean, it would have been a different movie. But, yeah. I mean, he's so much of this movie. Um, all of yeah. his witticisms and uh, whatever. And so he's great. Uh, the kid is really good. Um, the love interest girl is not a very good actor. Right. Um, I, the, the, I, and I don't know how much of that is her and how much of it is dialogue lifted straight out of a video game that's sure. going to be inherently really weird. Right. Um, I, there, I, I run, real quick on that Ryan Reynolds part, I had a hard time getting past it not being Deadpool or Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And and, and at some point, maybe it was just even five minutes into it, I just kind of gave that up and were like, I'm not actually seeing pikachu i'm just hearing his, this guy's voice it, it wasn't like pikachu to me. i mean i i don't have i have as much pokemon probably experience as you do maybe a little bit more because i have a kid that watched it sure but, but really it just doesn't feel like that was a pikachu you know what i would right. think of as the pikachu so and that was let's, fine um, it wasn't that movie and anybody who listens to our show knows that we spoil stuff all the time but i want to break here for spoilers and then yeah sure because i want to i want to talk about the ending yeah sure i i will say so that, that i was surprised that sort of that plays that out was, with the ending yeah. yeah that sort of fits in to the ending of it not actually being pikachu yeah and i right I, i'll be i can't believe i'm dumb enough to not have seen that coming i mean it's a straightforward thing that duh i did note intentionally that they did not show the dad the whole time 
And I, I mean, I knew it every time they, they, they were not showing his I, face. Not I showing did not stuff. notice that when we got to the end, oh, yeah. I was like, have we not seen any pictures of his dad? Like no. I had assumed that his dad was black. And so that was oh, right. uh, kind of weird, but um, I thought it was overt that, that they were, why weren't they showing him? And then when they went, made it Ryan Reynolds, I was like, Oh, well, of course. Right. Of right. course. I sometimes watch things with an eye to to foreshadowing, but I've seen so many things where like the foreshadowing is so subtle and or non-existent that it's just this game of like trick the audience. And I'm like, I don't want to play that game. I don't like I don't like watching stuff where people are like, oh, that was so obvious. Didn't you see that coming? Like it's a a whole thing. to do. (laughs) But um, uh, and so. Did especially you did you, did you especially in a that? especially in a movie that's kind of geared toward kids yeah right um i i generally just kind of like okay cool this is this is happening there's sure. stuff on the screen it's going to be flashy and cool right. and like when they introduce or when the the father and son are doing their their uh news interview uh andrew was like oh this is one of those things where the the son is is evil yeah and then that's what i thought i thought it was just one of those kids shows like that yeah and then after he meets the father or when they go to the lab um andrew goes i wonder if this will be a switch where the the it's actually the dad that's evil and and the son that's good and then when you know you see the son come and capture the mewtwo again you're like oh okay no maybe maybe not and then it was then it was switched back and then you know they do a little battle and everything's fine. Saves yeah. a day. It was it, it was interesting. I would not have expected some of those moves, those switcheroo things or whatever, from this movie. I just I got that it was, feeling like it, it was going to be. It was very a little clever. Yeah. Um, it had. I did notice the sort of like PG violence. Where I'm like, sure. oh, there would definitely be be blood there. But okay, I get you wanted to keep a PG rating for this, so yeah. And and I think that uh, we're the things we're saying are neat little things that we didn't expect, which is kind of a neat. We, we always talk about moderating our expectations. It's sure. probably because we, it's usually because we go into things expecting so much. I think in this situation, it might have been that both of us were given things that we never knew to expect. I mean, not, I not I in expected, a crazy oh my god way. I expected but, almost nothing from this. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and just not because we forced ourselves that way, just because that's what it, I expected nothing. And then it came and gave us a little bit. Not If you're listening and you're wondering about Pikachu, it's not a masterpiece. And it's not doing something crazy <laughs> twists. But but I will say that it was nice to get a little bit of, you know, oh, that's cool. That's different. I didn't expect that out of this. It's um, all, you know, the effects are all believable. I believed that mm-hmm. the... You know, there were only a couple moments where, like, the kid picks the Pikachu up, and I'm like, that looks a little bit awkward. Um, but that was that was few and far between, I think. Very, very few. The only, my one, like, actual complaint, um, aside from the the character of the of the girl was not, uh, not very, um, I don't know charismatic believable or whatever adjective you want to put in there is that the the thing with the turtles and them falling went on way too long it did go on way too long. it was it was like those it was like those dwarves in a barrel scenes in the middle of the hobbit movies um 
where you're like, okay, I get it. They're falling. The ground is sideways. Like they foreshadowed the turtle thing so hard. Like, come on, just wrap it up here. Yeah, that that took. They had to spend a large budget on that too because it took for way too long. And then I liked how Pikachu gets hit by a rock, just a little rock randomly. Like, hasn't he been smashed by boulders by this point? <laughs> Trees hit him, and then he just hits this little rock. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was good. It was fun, and I liked that. I really like your comparison of Ready Player One for Pikachu fans. And if anybody ever asks me about watching this show, I'm going to steal that from you and say that's that's what this is because it's totally right. That's so good. I mean, it's it's that exact. I I belabored the point last week for so long talking about um, Stand by Me, where certain things are made for certain audience, and yeah. there's like there's enough story here where if you don't know the Pikachu world, like you can or the Pokemon world, you can follow along with a story. It's not complicated, um, no. and it is engaging. It's not a boring kids movie story. Um, but I do enjoy that. It's the, really the mostly like just yeah. It's really like the big draw of it is if you've played a bunch of these games and you know all these these creatures um, to see them in a live action setting and be able to spot them. You know, they're they're all over the place. The screen is packed with them. Right. And and I don't I don't know Mewtwo from movies and the comics or whatever that he's in. Yeah, I don't know. Sydney knew he was a thing and she's like, oh, yeah, he's a thing. And she told me this whole spiel about it. (laughs) So he was so. I'm assuming that people who saw him and got to experience him on the screen were really happy with that because I thought he was a cool-ish Pokemon character. Yeah, they're name so, dropping the the abilities, um, yeah. and so I'm I'm sure all of that stuff because there's like I'm listening to stuff and I'm like, what is that? Is that a thing? And I'm like, wait a second, let me let me remember what I'm watching. Yeah, like and, all and of I was the, totally okay all of the that. Pikachu people, the people on uh, the the pokemon reddit are gonna are gonna you know be up in arms if any of those details are wrong uh so i'm sure i'm sure they got them all right yeah exactly so good good for them you know i i am always happy that i got to see my get to see my comic book childhood things on the big screen and it's really neat for me to watch a captain america be done well so i'm sure that pokemon people are now feeling very happy and glowy they should at least because i think that was pretty cool yeah, it's always nice to see something like this well executed. Yeah, good good on them. Uh, I don't know if it'll make billions, but, you know, hey, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It presumably right. made made money. So here, money. We, I know we've got such a million things to talk about. I know we're going to go into our, our thing, but I do want to say that I spent a little bit of time on another show that I watched, if you got it, because I know you're a fan. I While you got to watch Pikachu, I watched, um, oh, real quick, I know you haven't seen it, but I did go watch Godzilla. Are you interrupting yourself with another? Yeah, yeah. I'm interrupting myself. My interruption. I've not seen uh, Godzilla yet. Uh, my brother wants to see that, though. I think this week the theater is switching to uh, what that X Men thing. I'm like three oh, movies behind on X Men. So I, I, I will no say idea. this: I, the reason I made me think of that is that this movie, this Godzilla movie, is the Godzilla movie for what Pikachu is for Pikachu people. It's, it's, it's for Godzilla fans. This is what that is like. Oh, they finally did all of the Godzilla mythos and King Kong mythos and all that justice. And this is the way it always is. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was good. With really cool graphics. Okay. Going back. The show I watched, though, I started watching Deadwood, which is. Oh. An, is that a 
HBO original? Is that what it's it is? an it's HBO, HBO original. It's, yeah. I watch it, I'm watching it on Amazon because my HBO right. has run out. So, but I have Amazon, and they've got three seasons on Amazon. And I know you had said that they have a movie that they made. Well, they have them on normal Amazon. I'm still paying for the Amazon HBO add-on. Oh, that's um, yeah. No, I, they have a normal Amazon. Uh, so I. And you said that there was a movie that they just made that wraps up the thing because I knew that mm-hmm. the series ended what ten years ago, something uh, like that. On a, I don't know, cliffhanger, but just didn't have a satisfying ending or something. Yeah, it got, um, they canceled it. But I heard it was great. It had a neat setting. It's a cowboy setting, and I'm mm-hmm. about seven episodes into it now. So I'm. Yeah, this right. is an HBO series, so I think they're like ten episode seasons, uh, full hour episodes. Probably the first HBO original that I watched, unless maybe I saw Band of Brothers before this. Um, I don't remember what ended, but somebody that I worked with when I worked for Trotsky, probably Mark, uh, recommended this show to me. And it's a hard show for me to recommend to people because it's, you know, it's in it's into the era of HBO where they have no qualms about nudity uh at any time um it's handled in a very sort of practical way where you're like yeah in this time in the wild west when there were bathhouses and they didn't have indoor plumbing like people would go into the bathhouse to take a bath naked because you don't wear clothes in the bath um but, and but they it's, show it's all nowhere that near game of thrones anywhere near game of thrones no it's not at the time that i watched it i was like oh man this is a thing but it's really it's really not. It's like there, there are scenes with prostitutes, but they're like in a corner and their, you know, blouse is open. It's but it's not Game of Thrones level. At no, all. God no. Like yeah, if you've seen one season of Game of Thrones, you will be desensitized so much that this is like oh yeah oh yeah. There's a I forgot, <laughs> right, there's yeah. a breast in the corner. You don't. Yeah, it's not one of those things. Right. Exactly. Um, and the other part of it that makes it hard to recommend is that. It has this unique combination of almost Shakespearean or Dickensian writing with modern profanity. Um, yeah. You know, they use the uh, uh, sea sucker word, we'll, let's call it, um, yeah. with with uh, much frequency. Oh, all know, the time. That I, is a huge I've lost track of that like. sentence. But, um, and, but those things aside... This is easily on my top five favorite shows I can ever. That. I can see that. Um, I'll, I'll say it's it's pleasantly addictive. I'm I'm in a post Game of Thrones world now, where I, you don't I don't have a series. I should say post Game of Thrones, post Veep, post. Um, I'm going to say go ahead and say Silicon Valley because it's coming back mm-hmm. for more season, but it's been like three years. But whatever. <laughs> um, and there's not a lot of shows now that I'm like, I, I can't wait until the next season. I don't, can't even think of one. So I'm kind of perusing through shows, finding old ones and things. And this one came up, came up. I was like, you know what? Sure. And I'm happy that I did. It's making me feel like you know, I want to go watch another episode for every time I get done with one. I'm I just, it's not like it's, I need to watch the next one. It just feels like I'm, I need to flow into the next one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm, I'm, because you're right. The, I think the writing is cool. I think the writing is there's always a lot of stuff happening. It's yep. sort of the first of these, like, let's tell, let's try and, let's try and dig into the, the quote unquote realism of what the old West was, because this is a, this is an old show now. You, like you said, it's, 
over 10 years old. I forget exactly when it was on, but, um, you know, before this point, Westerns were this like silver screen, John Wayne, Clint Eastwood kind of thing where there's, you know, either none or almost no profanity. Um, everything is very clean. Uh, you know, nobody ever shoots anybody in the back, at least before Clint Eastwood. Um, and most people are dumb on those shows. I mean, they're most they're portrayed as having no more than a sixth grade education. Right. People right. are people are dumb. The the, um, the stories who, are usually anyone who does have an education are seen as as the bad guys or um, no one likes them or outcasts because they're smart. Sure. Right. I can't say that I've I've seen enough westerns to. Uh, I mean, that's a very general thing, but in this one, Confirm there on. is normal-ish people like you would have. Granted, not all of them are smart. They definitely have, they're intentionally saying how many dumb people can't read or can read. I should say mm -hmm. dumb people, but, you know, unintelligent, uneducated. Well, you have this sense of, like, um, this This show is a little bit niche, so you probably never heard of this. But there was a BBC series called All Creatures Great and Small. Um, it's set in the Yorkshire Dales in northern England. And these, like, peasant farmers who have very thick accents, um, there's still, you know, the Yorkshire accent is still very uh, uh, distinct, um, would still use a handful of King James English uh, words. Um, okay. You know, they'd say, like, me and thee. And, you know, thou comest to my place and check on me cows kind of thing. Sure. And... So there's sort of a sense of that in this writing where, like, you know, you're in the late 1800s. So the language is changing from a more formal, uh, you know, thing to what it what it becomes over the years. So there's still some some holdover of, of like Victorian um, speaking and writing. Yeah. And, and, and they, in the way they, that people talk. And they talk that throughout the whole. I mean, that's like all of them talk that way. And, but I think you know, I say that, but they're using they're using profanity that these people didn't use. But I think when they first started, when they tried to use um, uh, contemporary profanity, it just all sounded goofy, like like Yosemite Sam kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And so they needed they used modern profanity to keep that kind of rough, lawless uh, kind of character that was true to these, you know, frontier miners. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the way that they, the way that they spoke and swore, uh, you know, is well documented. Right. Well, the, the, even, even then, I, I don't think it's just the writing, which the writing is great. And I, by saying this, I don't want to belittle any of it, mm -hmm. but the, the, seriously, like all good shows, this show is, is made elevated and great by its cast. Every oh, single person on yeah. here is fantastic. And it's not just that the words are good. It's that they are all delivering them amazingly with, with animated ways. They say it, the way their eyes look, the way they look determined or angry when they're delivering a very complex line, but they, they say it in a way that it's clearly natural for them to talk this way. Right. I he's mean, angry and he's still saying very flowery words, but he's angry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, Ian McShane as Al, Timothy Oliphant as Bullock, um, Keith Carradine as well, Bill Hickok, like all of them, like they have scenes where there's no, there's no dialogue, right? Like they're just, yeah. 
they're just looking it's even um i can't think of his name but the guy who plays saul star um all of his like expressions a lot of his interactions with bullock are are just in expressions um, right yeah and it's, and, and it's they they really do those good. they do those i think when they're delivering the lines i don't necessarily always have to understand catch every this is a good one to, to watch multiple times or rewind and listen to what he exactly said or how she what she was talking about because it's cooler but you don't have <laughs> to catch it because the way they're delivering it, their mannerisms and their tone and the way that they're they're animated or staring down the woman or she's staring down him, you know the gist of what they're saying, right? Yeah. You, get, you don't – so when people say it may be confusing, well, the actors are doing an amazing job of, so you know what's happening. You know yeah, Alice sometimes not, not happy. Or sometimes even if surprised. you can't – yeah, sometimes even if you can't follow the writing, you can get – the sense of what's being communicated, you know, just in tone and posture. And, yeah, just because and of these actors are, are amazing people doing amazing jobs. And it's an ensemble, a large ensemble cast, and mm-hmm. all of them are good. And every time they, somebody new comes on the screen that is an actor that I recognize, um, I, it's funny because I think everyone, besides Ian McShane, Every one of these actors have had moments in their career that I've seen them and been like, uh, they're okay, but it's iffy, <laughs> right? But then they start delivering their lines. And this one, EB, the guy that plays EB is a um, perfect example. You know, he, the shows he's been in, he could be terrible. He's been good. He's been back and forth. Here, mm. he's phenomenal. He's doing oh, yeah. a great job of acting his lines. And then he's got the lines to, to do it in. Um, and the character, he's given the character that is developed and interesting. Um, and all of the characters like that, they can be given a very plain character. And then the writer develops that character just enough. And there, the actor gives him just enough life to make him all very interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I could name for you a character in the show. Who's acting as bad. Yeah. I was, as I was getting ready to think about that, I was say that I was thinking, I don't, I can't even think of, so I mean, far, I'm, so sh- far, I'm sure there's somewhere bland, some, mm. but, but I have not seen her do much. Yeah, they do. I think they do more with her character in the second season. Okay. Yeah. She, I, she's I don't only been a, a, for a sure small bit bland, but she's also been put into check because of the time period and her being a prostitute. And, yeah. Her uh, relationship with Alice. With that. That's, that's right. important. But yeah, anyway, she's, she is great and she's only that's the only thing i can maybe stretch to say and maybe al's um was it his heavy he's okay yeah he's okay he's had Mm -hmm. a couple scenes where he's he's turned in a good performance when he came up against the doctor who also is a good weird actor that i don't know is always great but the doctor is that's the guy who was um worm tongue in lord of the rings right yeah he's he's really good Right, and you're uh-huh. like, wow, that's just some amazing stuff. And he's got talk about a guy with a look. The guy's got yeah. one hell of a look. Uh, Timothy yeah. Oliphant, Oliphant is also the same kind of a thing. I'm, I'm not sure where he goes with that, but then he plays this character that is good but not good, you know. And yeah, you see him play. I mean, they show him at the you know in the pilot, and then for a while he's just playing this kind of hard, stoic, you know, short-tempered guy, and then. Well, I don't want to 
spoil it, but right. yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I started watching that. I'm, I'm pleasantly happy with it. I, I like that. Um, any show that as I talk about it, I get the immediate feeling of like, I'd like to go in the next room and watch that show. That's a good show to me. <laughs> right. I'm, when I talk about spirited away and I start talking about it, I think I could go back and watch that scene. That to me makes me feel it's a good show. And this, that's on that, our list, by the way. Oh, is it good? And and Deadwood is is that I'm glad I'm glad that you would recommend it and other people it's been a thing come back so um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that this movie that you have pretty, given a good review on I think is going to be tie everything up pretty well in a happy yeah movie. that's that's another reason it's hard for me to recommend because uh, I enjoy it so much that if somebody doesn't like it I feel personally sure uh, wounded sure. Uh, sure. and so that's that's hard for me to deal with but. Uh, I could talk about the show for hours. Right, so right, let's right. maybe, let's maybe jump someday into, when I'm done with it, we can do like a little when, when you get to the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's do our our 2020 challenge. It's another uh, uh, summer double feature. Someone, hey, nice double feature. We're gonna get a little different music call in for a double feature. Uh, <laughs> so did did you get to watch both of them? I did. I watched Back to the Future before we recorded last time, and uh, I watched Goonies uh, earlier today. Okay. Sort so, of. which, by the way, it's it's weird that we pack these two movies in, two great movies in in one week when we should, you know, those are ones we should spend a whole time talking about. But um, these are classics. These are well, I guess they're all classics. I guess technically, but um, for for me and my my generation these are kind of definitive movies of generation stuff right so okay where do we start with this so let's start with uh i mean we don't need to pull it up i guess so we don't need to the recap right? these are so well known back to the future and goonies are so the, these, these came out the same year actually which is funny um uh let's start out with goonies sure. the um well not directed by but written by uh steven spielberg mm. whoever made this poster really likes spielberg apparently <laughs> did, um, did uh oh yeah because well i mean it's steven spielberg but spielberg yeah. yeah uh he didn't direct this i thought he directed this okay That's... no directed by richard donner oh it's a donner film like superman guy uh, um so goonies yeah 1985 uh the goonies this uh is a Corey feldman sean astin movie uh, mm-hmm. When when they were kids, all the kids identified with either Corey Haim or Sean Astin. Those were guys Corey, that were like very much Corey your, Feldman. You mean? Cor, no, no, not Corey Haim. And okay, and Corey because Corey Haim was the the normal ish kid that was slightly popular, but not. But Corey Feldman was always his like goofy, interesting buddy. And then, okay. So okay. And, gotcha. so Corey Feldman pretty much lit up every movie that he was in with that kind of a thing as a kid. I mean, when you're a kid, mm-hmm. this is a kid movie of those age. What are they like, thirteen? Um, and if that, if that, so so they're they're very much. Uh, um, it was made for those kind of people and those kids in mm-hmm. that age, uh, even more so than what last week's Stand by Me was. Stand by Me had adult themes throughout it. This really did. Yeah. This is just an adventure movie. It's just a n- not not quite kid movie. There's a there's a little bit of language, which, sure. um, so 
so for me, because this is our show, anybody listening to this for some reason wants to hear our opinions on things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a movie that I saw as a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't see this till I was an adult. Mm-hmm. So if we if we had watched, for example, Little Giants, okay, we would be having a different conversation. Okay, um, because. And I'm and I'm not saying that this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this movie is bad. Um, it just didn't really engage me. I've seen it before a couple times. Um, I watched it in the middle of the day, so I was kind of distracted. And there were definitely moments where I kind of got chills a little bit from somebody's, you know, one of Sean Astin's uh, inspiring speeches, <laughs> right? Um, or somebody showing up. I mean, when I was in college I and I would see my friends like walking far away, I would yell. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Even though I had never seen this movie because that was a thing that they did. And I'm like, I, I want to be part of this inside <laughs> joke. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's it's good. It's in the genre of movies made for kids Mm -hmm. i think it's very high up there on the list but i think if you didn't watch it as a kid it makes it kind of hard to um hard to go back and go back and watch a movie about kids for kids sure i i I can totally see that i i think that that's i kind of how i feel when people have never seen the never-ending story and they're like oh i've Mm -hmm. heard of it and i can't really recommend it not because it's not because it's bad. That's a lesser known one. Goonies, most people have seen when they were are kids, but like right. it, a lot of people probably have missed the Neverending Story. Um, but if you watched it at that age, it's perfect. But yeah. if you didn't, then er, it's it's not something like A holds up, B is great, and right. Goonies could be the same way. It had, it had some great little actors who delivered some lines that, as I watched it again, I I can appreciate things like a 13 year old Corey Feldman doing jokes the way he did jokes. And then the actor that was playing chunk was pretty just great. Yeah. And, and, and delivering these lines, <laughs> a, a, a very young John Candy. Oh God. And he's just, he was so good. And I don't know, I don't know how they coach these kids. Like if, if, if coach actors, actor coaches are telling them to deliver a line a certain way and they work it out. Or if these kids lend their own kind of, personality to i don't know how it is but like i have to imagine most of it is just a kid's personality like a kid is probably not most most child actors are probably not doing a ton of acting well yeah i guess like sort of like sort of like audrey hepburn right it's just their personalities the way they are works on screen with what uh what lines they're being given which i think makes 13 year old kids like these kids like they like them like, because yeah. I would like friends that were like that, right? That were just, you know, Chunk, Sydney says this line, and she, when I was watching it, she had heard it, and she repeats it all the time, too, is when they're in going into the Fratelli's for the first time in that restaurant, and Mikey's like, I gotta go to the bathroom, and Chunk's like, Mikey, I don't think this is a place you wanted to go to the bathroom. There's things in there like dead things, Mikey, dead things, Mikey. And, and Sydney will always come around and say, dead things, Mikey. Things. <laughs> um, and so that kid just delivers that line and he goes from this whiny thing to this scary thing and he's just so hilarious but that's mm-hmm. a child actor 
right. which I could appreciate. Um, anyway, I totally agree with that. I totally agree that, yeah, if, it, if you hadn't seen it, it may not fit. I, uh, I show this to, to, I've shown this to both my girls when they were that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them absolutely love this movie. Sure. Um, and, and it's, you're right. It's because they see this as an adventure with kids who are on an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works in that kind of mindset. It, you don't think too hard, think too little, you don't ask any questions, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the character of data is that like all the, all the weird little gadgets that I tried to make as a kid, none mm-hmm. of which ever worked, but like <laughs> right. in the movie they work, right? He's got the, they, but they sort of work, sort of work. Um, right. Like his, his uh, lights thing. Also, it it seems to have been a thing in the mid '80s. Um, there was this real uh, um, obsession or or popularity of these Rube Goldberg machines, right? Oh, like the, the thing that opens the door. <laughs> um, did you ever see a TV show called McGee and Me? I did not. It was one of those. Uh, I think focus on the family or something like Christian shows for kids well it was a series of movies really i think of it as a show but they were short movies um that kid was always doing that kind of stuff the whole title sequence was this elaborate rube goldberg machine um and so i i I thought of that at the beginning you always wonder like they had to just all they had to do is open the fence the gate right right (laughs) well then there's you know there's things like the travel shuffle they're classic and Mm -hmm. you guys and baby ruth right chunk sloth love chunk not really cool kind of one-liners that last forever on this kind of things yeah um one-eyed willie um sean astin giving his the way he gave those speeches were really great i mean because they were like just oh one-eyed willie oh my god i saved the goonies oh my god and, every, and everybody's anyway that i can go on about <laughs> that forever so yeah it, it's great from a if you're a child if you've got a kid you should watch it although like you, it was weird that I watched this movie because it does have some language and some a few little things like when was it when uh, fate was not mouth is talking. Corey Feldman is telling the mm-hmm. the maid about you know the the sex thing, all the up drugs and, there, and the, the and torture, all the drugs ordered. torture dungeon. That's, yeah, and then when they they break the statue and the penis falls off and it's yeah like, i mean Mikey, the, the, god made us like that we'd all be pissing the, in our faces the spanish stuff is at least in subtitles right so if a kid can't <laughs> right. read they're not they're not going to get that do you think that this movie predates the use of one-eyed willie as a euphemism no i don't know that's a good question i mean i i that would that euphemism came probably came around when i was a kid so or at least i'd recognized it when i was a kid yeah, I mean, I was from I heard it in this movie from the older brother, who I think is uh, Josh Brolin. Uh, yeah, it's young Thanos. young Thanos, um, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, is he trolling him?" Is it, that's not really the pirate's name, um, but it is. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "I wonder if that's a joke for the parents." <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. The, the uh, it's funny now that I recognize Josh Brolin. I'm like, man, he grows up to be Cable. <laughs> he's totally he's he's working out which is funny he's working out on a thing that has no weights on it which is funny <laughs> right uh, but but he uh, like he's he's working out and mikey's older brother is you know he ends up being cable which is pretty cool all anyway, right so liked it enjoyed that it was fun. so fi- final judgments uh for this i think for you obviously good movie 
Oh, yeah, watch it forever. I think it's a repeat multiple times. Watch, show your kids to watch it again. Um, um, I yeah. think for me, it holds up as a kid's movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're, uh, like me, a parentless adult, um, yeah. you're not missing anything. If Yeah, if I can see, see that. It. I totally can see that. Okay, let's jump over to uh, another of the same year. Um, mm-hmm. so, I, I want to say Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Yeah, Zemeckis. That's why it's Zemeckis Cube. Uh, Zemeckis Cube in, in RPO. Um, yeah. Another 1985 classic, uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, so... 85 classic i mean it's like a clearly i say this is one that you have to watch multiple times many times this this is forever i think so this is a movie where i've i've said before on the show i'm the oldest of my siblings so i had no like older kid telling me i mean i had one cousin and she took me to see groundhog day when i was when it was in theater which you know i was like 11 i'm sure we talked about that when we watched groundhog day um but i do have a kind of distant cousin who had a bunch of movies on VHS. And when I would stay with my grandparents, we would go over to his, my aunt's place so that my grandparents and my aunt would play cards and he would show me movies that I normally would not have been (laughs) able to see. Um, I don't know what the concern would have been with this movie, probably violence, language, kissing. It's a kissing book. Well, um, I know back that, back in that time there, there was also that um, um, my mom or my family had uncomfortable feelings around the time that uh, he is talking about his underwear, Calvin Klein, and she's oh sure sure at him. So in his bedroom, that was something my my mom was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, and I think I think that I maybe saw part two before I saw this one, but uh, I've seen this several times. Um, it goes, you know, at least five to ten years between me watching it again. But every time I watch it again, I have a, I have a different perspective on it. When I was a kid, I was like, everything about this is awesome. There's all, you know, there's some moment where Marty, you know, yells out to the doc for some reason. Uh, that's just like great, awesome, you know, if you're seven, twelve years old. Um, and then... You know, like, watch it a little later in, like, my early 20s. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of exposition in this movie. Like, everything is being constantly explained and (laughs) re-explained. Sure. And then, you know, watching it a week and a half ago, um, the you know, it's setting up. And it's Marty in his home life in the old 1985. And I'm like, okay, so... It clearly his life sucks <laughs> and like stuff starts happening with the interaction between his dad and Biff. And I was like, I was like this movie or this whole franchise is like six scenes just remixed, right? <laughs> sure. Just, just slightly modified in some different way. And it like, it plays into the theme, right? It's a time travel movie where the same stuff keeps happening. Um, and so like, I say that, but it's not really a criticism because it's part of what uh, it's part of what makes this franchise. Um, right. I don't know. Again, if I had not seen this as a kid, I don't know if I would be able to appreciate it now. Um, I think it's probably early in the 
in the genre of time travel stories that are funny, that are comedic. Sure. It's got a comedic Um, element to it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, it suffers from a little bit of that. I mean, just like stand by me. Uh, they made a movie in the eighties where most of the movie takes place in the fifties. And so like some of the style, like a lot of the styles are, are just hit or miss. Sure. Right. Like, uh, Will Wheaton in Stand By Me is wearing 80s jeans in the 50s. <laughs> um, you know, very often the hairstyles are wrong because the 80s had very distinctive hairstyles. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this this is great. And I, I didn't – something I didn't realize until fairly recently um, – I'm not going to remember the guy's name. I looked it up. But the um, – uh, the composer who did the soundtrack for this I was movie, mention, Alvin Silvestri. Alvin Silvestri, that's it. Um, he's the same guy who did the music for most of the Marvel films. And I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but I don't think that the Marvel music is bad. It just is very forgettable to me. Like, there's not except, a lot to it, except the Alvin Alvin Silvestri scores. Like, he's the only one that has memorable music. The Avengers theme which is the only memorable music I think of most of the Marvel movies mm-hmm. is his. Okay. So that's the one that that one I've, everyone can say like, Oh yeah, that's, that's Marvel. I've not done um, a deep dive on that, but this score for this movie, um, starting five or six years ago, I was like listening to an audiobook, and, and something happens like a group of people show up as back, back up a kind of, you know, a row harem at Palinor fields kind of thing. And like the first thing that comes to my mind, it's like, yeah that is like, the song it's yeah. it, this like it's there's still not a lot to it like it's a handful of melodies that that yeah. get that get reused a lot but it it covers such a dynamic range of action you'll you have this little like this running kind of playful bum, 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 kind of kind of thing going and then a there's one kind of crescendo and then a different kind of crescendo and it builds and it just works for all of these different action scenes in this franchise and and that those those so i was going to say my comments is that this is made by the music i mean it's it's a great Mm. story uh martin fly is an incredible character but and the actors are uh, michael j fox is incredible as marty mcfly um doc brown i can't think of the guy's name ever christopher lloyd i mean christopher lloyd who else could have played that character it's so no one like no one could have played that character. crazy like maybe gene wilder but still like right that guy is is so good so these guys were so good the story was you know it's uh spielberg all that but really it's the score that rocks you You, you're when when marty jumps into the delorean and then he said this is the line i see if these bees can go 90 and then it just Mm -hmm. plays this that what you just played dun 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 (laughs) boom he takes off and you're like whoa you know and he get, like so, he gets he gets faster, but then he's not quite fast. And you're like like white knuckle, like what's he, is he going to hit eighty eight? Yeah, oh, nah. yeah. And he goes straight. Yeah. So that that score, that dude, by the way, is 
one of the top of all time for uh, uh, composers. He truly, oh yeah, he's truly done is. so much work. Yeah, I mean, he started off with *Romancing in the Stone* before then. I think that's the one he did, uh, and then he went into *The Back to the Future*. But from then on, he did things. I was a kid. I remember he, he made like *Flight of the Navigator*. He did *Predator*. Mm. Um, Thing. There's several. For, he did the Forrest Gump movies, like or movies. The movie Forrest Gump, which was you know huge, right? Right. Um, okay. Oh, Castaway, and uh, then the, obviously the Marvel movies. Now he did Captain America stuff and uh, Night at the Museum. So he's he, he's been in Hollywood making amazing scores for the longest time. Uh, and and when you hear them, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's so great. Um, so he's got a John Williams kind of type. He we did Contact. I said, just, I just popped up on my thing. Uh, so he, this guy is a a long time, uh, movie guy that makes you feel and makes movies way better than what they could have been. Uh, so this one had all the stuff before, but put his, his thing on there. I mean, heck, it starts off with Huey Lewis in the news, Mm -hmm. you know, with the power of love. Did did Um, you know, did you know that Huey Lewis is in this movie? I remember seeing that, but I can't remember where I he was. saw it. It's funny that the conversation goes back full circle. Uh, in my local theater, they have this as one of the trivia questions on their pre pre show reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when Marty and his band try out for uh, the the school show talent show yeah. or whatever that is, he's doing his audition like early. Oh, is in he the that movie. principal guy that says like, the, too loud. in the in the panel of judges who. Tell, he's like you're just too too damn loud whatever he's too too darn loud i think he says um it's it that's huey lewis and it's oh that's funny it's funny because he's playing the riff from power of love yeah uh, right yeah, yeah the uh that's that there's so many man he did who did you say was the director on this one you said it was uh, uh donicus no it was donner uh on he, goonies no uh on this one was donner director the director what did i say the writer writer the, dir- the director is donner i believe you said yes no it's zemeckis zemeckis, oh, zemeckis. yeah okay donner was there all Remember right the so, zemeckis you know, cube confused right zemeckis cube so it's he, weird we're talking about two movies so it's right he so he's got a, some great shots in here that are, are, are so well done uh, and they're iconic i mean he made these very iconic shots so the obviously the, the two um the two street tracks or fire fire tracks mm-hmm. are, are iconic but um when you first see marty mcfly is such a cool scene he when he's turning up every dial in the entire place and on those amps yeah but you never see michael j fox and they intentionally are not showing him and he turns around he's got glasses on and then and i think that uh, michael j fox was pretty popular at that time so it was a neat little mm. holdout to have him with that guitar in front of that big amp and it just and it blows up. And I laughed. I was like, ah, it serves you right. Um, but the, the, the shots of the DeLorean when it has, when it goes back in time and it has those like sparks that kind of come at it, that was really a neat effect that he did. Um, and then he, the shot of them going back in time, even he's just watching out the front, he's getting ready to hit the, the photo booth and then boom, you flip over into the stuff, into the past. Such good, such good directing, you know, <laughs> and good, pretty good acting all around i think uh the guy who played the dad wasn't in like another movie for decades after that um Um, that's uh crispin glover yeah he wasn't in things until i think alice in wonderland matter of fact um really a a big thing Uh, 
she look up his Wikipedia and figure out all that stuff out. But anyway, he's got an interesting yeah. story. He did uh, some small stuff. Yeah, he might have done some small things. But he's never yeah, and then this, and then this sort of you know interesting, compelling story about parents and children and the re- relationship between who parents were when they were teenagers versus who they become when they have teenage children um in you know in amongst this like very awkward creepy stuff with uh leah thompson and um michael j fox as yeah which is that, that was very intentionally uncomfortable but it was just very right. uncomfortable at the, throughout the whole movie which is mm-hmm. pretty great biff another iconic character like everyone yeah. In the world knows Biff, right? Um, yeah, and his just like, com- I mean, this weird sort of model of of time travel, which I don't want to get uh, uh, too deep on, but um, just the complete paradigm shift between their his relationship with George before and after the time travel, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I, they they make a was it the comment in Avengers Endgame about Back to the Future being a load of crud. Because mm-hmm. like, no, that's not how that works. And you're like, what? Paul's mad on that. Yeah, I remember being in college and talking to a guy in one of my classes, and I'm like, why does it? It took him so long to vanish. How does he? <laughs> right. How does he? How does he unvanish so fast? And and yeah. this guy I was talking to, who was, you know, he was as nerdy as we are now at like 20. It's the only right. pe- only person I knew who watched anime. Um, was like. Uh, He's like, well, maybe in that model of time travel, there's a, you know, there's the the one universe. And so it, deviating from it is hard, but jumping back to it is is faster. Well, and I was like, oh, kind of different but... models of time travel. That's not a thing I ever considered before. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, here's a here's a since you're talking about trivia question. Who was the uh, first person to travel back in time and back to the future? Sorry, who who was the first? Who was the first one to draw the, to travel back in time? The I mean, we just watched this, so I know it was the dog Einstein. The dog. Yeah, some people who watch it forget that the dog I, actually. I watched I watched this with my family, and they were like, "What what's he gonna do to the dog?" I'm like, <laughs> well, it's it's just like space. Like most space programs sent animals up before they sent people. But that's interesting. Has had your parents seen this movie before? They had probably not sat down and watched the whole thing. And watched the whole thing. Yeah, so they get to actually see it. Yeah, the, mean, they were young parents when it came out, and, you know, it probably just always seemed like a goofy Goofy. Uh, it is kind of thing. Goofy. I mean, it's it's great. It I is, like, for sure. I, I like the, the Spock scene was pretty great. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. And even even the, the scene when uh, he crashes into the farmhouse, and the kid's like, he's not a, that's not an airplane, and he shows it to be an alien thing, and then mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox comes out with the thing, and he's like, get him quick, Dad, he started starting suit. to mutate, you know, <laughs> you mutant um, alien. I don't, know, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but this is the first time I noticed this. Um, the mall in the post, in the changed world universe, is Lone Pine Mall. I didn't. It's it's Twin Pine Small yeah. in the beginning, and he runs over one of the trees, right? And the farmer's like, "My pine!" Oh, yeah, he's because uh, and Doc then in Brown the future, says there's like, only one. He Doc Brown says like he had some idea of Crazy. growing pines or something like that. Pine trees, pine trees. Yeah, <laughs> right. I didn't realize it was the lone pine. That's that's great. Yeah. I did notice it's great watching some of these things when you're older. I did notice the uh, um, 
words on the side of Doc Brown's van when he goes to the mall at the beginning is he says Dr. E. Brown Enterprises, just in black mm. letters. It's like, I definitely want a shirt or a hat that just says Dr. E. Brown Enterprises on it. Yeah. Not fancy, yeah. which is funny. It makes you think, like, what is Doc's job? Is he just an inventor? Is that what he does? Because <laughs> do you remember at the beginning also he, he sets his clocks back twenty precisely 25 minutes? Like, why would he do that? What, right. What, right. Is the, what is the scientific test? Of them all going off, I don't understand. I mean, what does he have that huge amp for? Like, it's not, <laughs> you're not supposed to ask those questions. You know, it's just, it's just great. Like, you know, Doc Brown is incredible, right? Um, yeah. yeah just, so, yeah, this is a show that I think you can watch again and again from the music, the actors to, I mean, Think McFly Think is from this. I mean, geez, yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the only question my, is, my, is, my friends and I would, we'd, hello. McFly. Yeah, right. Uh yeah, in final judgments, uh, I'm gonna call this one a good movie. Like yeah. at least you know, it's not like I mean, I can't really think of any movie that you would watch once a year, but it's a you know, couple years if time goes by and you meet somebody who's never seen this, um, then you watch it with them again. It's I mean it's it's campy for sure. But see, I, I it, think I think a once a year thing isn't too terrible because we watch shows like um, A Christmas Story every year, and we used mm. to people used to watch Star Wars just non Star Wars people would watch Star Wars at Christmas once a year. Oh, you know, okay. it was just things that were on that were always on, and you just always watch them at this time of year. Um, and I think that you know it'd be great to have a you know, Fourth of July is always yeah Back to the Future Day yeah. or something. You know? I mean, that's so. It, Released on July 3rd. So, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, the, the point is that this is one that could easily be like, yeah, it's on TV. We could all sit down with the family and watch yeah. a little bit of this, you know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my thing for sure is that this is one worth watching. Not you have to, but it's enjoyable. <laughs> it's enjoyable with for multiple sittings. I think even if, even if you've never seen this, no matter how old you are, if you're even a little bit interested in – kind of cultural phenomenon or time travel it's it's worth checking out i mean yeah I, don't, don't expect you know citizen kane or anything but it's it's pretty good no it's 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 good and i and i i wonder i haven't seen the second one in a long time but i remember the second one being pretty enjoyable um, i'm gonna have to go back and now watch that one i, I mean it's one was it's good. set up at the end of this movie with a ridiculous premise like for all of the for all of the good for what it is storytelling in this script the setup for the second movie is ridiculous like he has to take <laughs> them into the future to fix a problem in the future like it's in the future he yeah. doesn't need to fix stuff in the future um and it, why, why does he have to like yeah it's, it's absurd like, it's like what, the thinnest to, it's the thinnest hurry. premise but when you see him show up and like Oh, now the car runs on trash because in the future we're going to solve the energy crisis, and yeah. this is the eighties. And fusion, right? you know where we're going. We don't need roads. Yeah, that's that's like, a classic. Line it's right too, there. it's it's all of that is too cool for you to be distracted by the unnecessariness of him taking them to the future. Right, I know as a kid, all. That's the only thing I could think in my mind was like, oh, my God, they're going to the future. I right. need to watch this next thing. The future. Uh, I mean, four, the, four DeLorean, years ago. the DeLorean friggin flies. 
like yeah. at the end, the wheels turn upside down. It goes into the air, and then the the fire trail is in the air. That is some cool directing right there. Started the started the trend of I don't know if this is true for everyone, but I and at least a handful of my siblings all like when we got old enough to drive, we're like, I either want a Volkswagen Bug. Of course, when we were kids, there was only one kind of Volkswagen Bug. Now there's the new one from the late 90s. Uh, right, right. A Volkswagen Bug or a DeLorean. DeLorean. Not really knowing that those are both really crappy cars. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I still want a DeLorean. I, st- I still want the yeah. Gulf Wing things. That... Yeah, just to have. Yeah, just to have one of those things. It's funny because that, that, the DeLorean motor car has a whole history about it. But I, as you, mm-hmm. in this, when this movie starts off and the, the truck opens up in this big fog cloud, which is also funny that <laughs> Dr. Brown comes out with a car full of fog you can't even see in. But yeah. uh, it, it drives out of that car, or I mean, that big truck, and you're, you're like, I, the, what I kept thinking is like, man, this is such, this car will never be known for anything more than this movie. Like, they're no. never going to make this no. car ever again. But if this movie had not used this car, a DeLorean would never have been known. No. Right, it would have just been another random 80s car prototype thing that didn't happen right yeah but 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 because it just got grabbed onto and i wonder who did that i'm sure there's a whole backstory of like how they decided this one car but right. they they used this one car now it's forever known throughout history as this this one thing this time machine thing and people spend great amounts of money just to have a, Del- a delorean like the, the back to the future car yeah yeah and put the out of time on it <laughs> anyway yes love love this movie okay so next on our list we well, we we've did got a couple just skipping around we've so got we just a little about? bit of time but i don't want to wait a whole week before we talk about e3 um oh, so yeah. we we have to sort of rush through this um hey wait real quick what, what's our next our next movie oh um we're way off of the schedule now we why are. don't we go back to something serious and watch the green mile Ooh, heavy. Okay, sure. Do some more. Uh, do some more. Stephen King. This is definitely some heavy lifting. Okay. Yeah. Whew. So I've I've recently talked about done a lot of talking this? about. I have, but I've done a lot you've of talking about this, how yeah. I don't like depressing movies. But this is mm. one of those ones that is a sad and heartfelt and hurting, depressing movie. But I think that it's worth watching. So this is a yeah. good, very so well timed to watch. Get this your again. get. Get yourself in the right headspace for it, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because I think it deserves it. I'm gonna give it another good go at it. You know, okay, I've only so, seen this once, so I'm glad to. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. So okay. let's quickly uh, talk about E3. There, we're still in the first. I think E3 started Saturday, and it's going to go through part of the week. So we haven't seen uh, the Nintendo Direct stuff. There's no Sony stuff this year. I don't. Why is that? Are they just going to do their own thing? They pulled out. They're probably going to do their own thing. Um, Maybe they didn't have their PlayStation 5 announcement ready or something. Who knows? Um, I don't normally follow this stuff really closely. I listen to some gamer podcasts and they talk about stuff. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of this next week, too. Yeah. Um, There are so many new trailers. Um, It's it's overwhelming. I I scrolled down the list and just watched a handful of them. Um, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, looks really good. They got Keanu Reeves so it also to had actually the, the best, do the thing. Like, intro of Keanu Reeves ever. That was pretty great. Right, right. Um, let's see. Uh, Obsidian 
is making a game called The Outer Worlds that looks very Fallout like, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny. Um, there's Baldur's. That, did, did, go oh, ahead. Baldur's Gate. Oh, did you see that that game with? Well, since you said Keanu Reeves, and I'm, I I want to talk about this because we, we don't have time today, but I want to have your uh, opinion next week on the newer ish trend of putting photorealistic actors kind of into a game not photorealistic but like yeah looks just like these they're actors. doing they're doing motion capture with the with the voice recording which makes it yeah very, and, and not just like, motion cinematic. capture so they're the thing that like, it's their face so uh keanu reeves he looks like keanu reeves in the game and the reason i bring this up is that uh, also a new game coming out that looks great is the one with norman reedus mm-hmm. um, yeah that from walking dead fame and that looks like him like he's an actor which, yeah, it's all it's walk, all motion capture. It's like they're it's it's like Thanos, right? Like wh- when I rewatched Infinity War, I was like, yeah, I see Josh Brolin's expressions in all the Thanos stuff. It's just that, except they're CGIing the person because it's a yeah. video game. They don't have any actual video, uh, you know, photographic. Right. Um, so so let's talk about that next week. We can go for it, but that's that's a cool thing that this is doing and that other game doing, and they look phenomenal. So. Um, yeah. there's a new, I think it's a Diablo's, new expansion for, you Baldur's um, Gate, by the way. Yeah. Baldur's Gate. I, did you play the old games? Yeah. I played them all. Yeah. I never did probably because, you know, I didn't get into D and D until recently. Sure. Um, sure. doing multiplayer burned me out on divinity too, though. I still hear really good things about that. So I might go back to it. Single player but and uh, way better single player way better. and experience that story. Um, there's an expansion for elder scrolls online, uh, where they have dragons now they're cool they're uh they seem to be aligned very closely with the final season of game of thrones which mm-hmm. i i can't imagine is planned there's no way they designed those dragons since that but of course right. the game of thrones dragons we've had for a couple of years now we've had them for several um, years right yeah and dragons have been around for centuries so yeah. i mean obviously but i mean the the dragon in that cinematic looks a lot like a game of thrones dragon oh sure is all, sure. Is all i'm saying sure they can be um, a lot of inspired by that kind that of was a cinematic trailer it's really cool it's 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 you up know, there I, with it's up I've there re- with some of those blizzard cinematics for overwatch oh for real i've i've uh, recently discovered that um what i have been in the past an elder scrolls online fan not mm-hmm. like rapidly but casually um i have recently discovered that that system has a pretty huge number of followers like or that game yeah um, I thought it was just like a niche kind of game, but it's got like a ton of people that play that game. I'm really surprised. That one and the and the Final Fantasy one are both doing yeah. very well. Yeah, they do. And in the on both of those, they're on two different systems. Like there's the PC one and the console. Oh and yeah, cross platform. They do well. So I'm that's cool and good on them. I guess is the thing. So, yeah, um, I'm, that's cool. To see. I I did want to talk about cross platform stuff. I don't know if we have time for that now. Um, oh man, I let's let's talk about the there. let's talk about the Jedi game. They did a okay. uh, gameplay trailer of that, and all I really have to say about that is that it looks like Uncharted colon Jedi adventure. Sure, which is and, which is not bad. It just no. looks like linear. Go through force push lightsaber throw hack with your little droid buddy um it looks cool i will probably rent it on gamefly and play it and send it back (laughs) sure sure i and and i get that that's actually a really good 
neat little comparison you did there about it being Uncharted. And I, I've always bought those games. And oddly enough, I buy them to give the the, uh, the company my money um, because uh, you're right. They're Disney really your money. They're typically one time playthrough, and that usually does lend itself to hey, if you can rent this or borrow it, then do it because you're not going to yeah. keep it forever. Um, but with those particular ones, I do like, hey, I enjoy these. I enjoy this story. Just like I enjoy going to a movie and don't mind paying the $15 instead of the $1 from Redbox or $2 from Redbox um, to give them my approval type stuff. So I, you're right. It, it does look like a walkthrough story, and that's okay with me because um, so many Star Wars things aren't always great. I mean, Sure. You know, the, especially story-wise, you get a few that you get, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which people really love the story about, but that was hard to see. Um, but there's not a whole lot beyond the, the movies that, and even the movies don't always hit the mark. Right. Uh, so, so this looks like an engaging tale of some of some other kind of character. There was um, Battle Battlefront Two just came out a couple years ago, and it had mm-hmm. a good single player story. So, I mm-hmm. and it just was short though. Um, and when yeah. I played through it, I felt really engaged by these new characters in this world. Now this one looks even like a more story driven, real hardcore story of in the Star Wars world. And um, the, you know, I first saw the trailer for this one, and as it was the reveal trailer, and it was cinematic, and I felt that same way. Like, okay, we'll just see. And now that we saw this gameplay t- footage. Um, I know what I'm getting into and it's not going to be just a you know open world type thing or Yeah, it doesn't whatever. look like groundbreaking or anything amazing like and I don't mean the the uncharted comparison to be um super negative. It's just it's going to be that type of game and that actually for me means that I'm probably more likely to play it because I understand what it's it, what it is. It's a um it's a tailored a known, content. It's a known quantity. Like yeah. I have Breath of the Wild now. I have um the third Tomb Raider game. I'll probably buy um Red Dead Redemption 2 and at various times I'm going to keep going back to WoW. Like I don't need another giant open world this is the one thing that you play size game. Yeah, um, right. And so, yeah, like the, I think the Uncharted franchise is done. It's either done or they're going to spin off to sequels about his daughter, um, Nathan Drake's daughter. But the, just the look and feel of a linear story based Star Wars game looks good to me. Yeah, it does. And now, now also that being said, that's something that did, this trailer did give me that I say Uncharted didn't is that you have, different ways to use the force which Mm. is cool like it's um when i'm going as a kid and i want to like i want to force push or i want to pull forward and i use my lightsaber and stuff that's not tailored you still have to kind of approach the stormtroopers with the tool you have the tools now to make it your own way Mm -hmm. so that that is enough for me in itself to be able to say like oh cool i'm gonna yeah i do still have to make that cutter machine shoot to the wall because that's what I have to do. Right. But there's five stormtroopers coming up here. I at least have now have the way to deal with this room the way I want to deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's exciting to me, right? To use, to be a Jedi and do that. 
And they've got some of the new new modern stuff. Like it looks like he can do the Kylo Ren time freeze stuff, which is neat. Yeah, some kind of slow time kind of abilities. We could talk for a while about um, my because I've recently played both Uncharted Four and Tomb Raider Two: Rise of yeah, I've Tomb not Raider, and a little Tomb bit Raider. of Shadow I've not of the Tomb finished, Raider. Um, um, Uncharted Four, so no spoilers on that one. I'm yeah, the, still near the beginning. Just in the gameplay style, like the. The Uncharted series feels very linear and very it is. like helpful. Where in Tomb Raider, you're doing a lot of the same stuff, but it's all harder. Um, the third one is definitely better than the second. They don't do as much like you loot something and the screen takes you out to like read text about it. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm in the middle of doing a thing. Oh, yeah. Let me just keep going. And the I'll Uncharted read it later. Games, the Uncharted games really really sunk into linear like there when i was just describing five stormtroopers and i can feel i had to do with them uncharted really didn't have that it was like you have to dive here you have to push the button next there right and the interesting thing is that the tomb raider series is more open it's still very linear but there are some side quests and stuff um but it makes you feel like you could at least in the second one you can do a lot of like build up different weapons and stuff, but I went into so many cinematics where like I walk through a door or you know Lara walks through a door, and then there's a cutscene of like helicopters and stuff, and I'm dropped right into combat, and I'm like, why do I have stealth abilities if the yeah. cutscene is going to put me right into combat? If there's no right. option for me to stealthily approach this this combat situation, so it's a weird sort of. Uh, Con- contrast between those two games um uh well, we've, here let's that's, let's do this we, we've got so much let's go ahead and put a little pin and say this to be continued yeah we'll talk we'll, about we'll E3 start right off on E3. some more next week they're redoing destroy all humans which is a game i played i don't remember much about it's kind of a goofy yeah. flying saucer alien kind of game set in the 50s um yeah. and let, let's spend let's spend some time actually talking about a couple there's so much to unpack here with different they're, types of game genres and what's they're making out. fallout 76 free to play this week free demo week so you should down that download that if we have time uh yeah. we'll play it either together or on our own and we'll talk about that next week and at some point well watch this. actually that that leads me into the next thing is that like actually I won't be able to because i'm going to take a trip oh so right we'll we'll figure that we'll figure that out online i'll be going to New York for all the people that are out there listening. So I mean, we'll have a bit of, I, I want to talk about E3 next week, but um, maybe I can give, share some fun experiences that I'll find in New York city. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right, man, let's, let's roll this out, but let's definitely not end talking about this subject. I'm excited about all of the list that we have to go through. Right. Right. And I've it's got good. a billion questions to ask you about a billion topics. With this. <laughs> right I really right do. Right so it's exciting. Cool. Cool. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 94. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News. If you want uh, movie news, film headlines, and glorious podcast form, check them out. If you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other show, KlingonsAndDragons.com. It's funny. It's ridiculous. It's not safe for work. If you have questions or comments on the show, you want to play along with us in our movie challenge, um, you can email us, frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we got contact forms, show notes, all that good stuff. And if you enjoy the show, movies. yep, yep, the schedule for the movies, which is a mess. I need to fix that. <laughs> if you enjoy the show, you can su- subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks, as always, for joining us, and until next time, 
I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Hi, everybody. See you next time. Thank you.